Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. If you haven't met United Way's new president, Amy Lindner, in person, here's your chance to get to know her a little bit. Amy was named president of United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County and began her tenure this year on January 2nd. Previously, Amy served as president and CEO of Meta House, a United Way program partner that aims to end the generational cycle of addiction by healing women and strengthening families. Understandably, her first month at United Way has been a whirlwind, but Amy's positive attitude and enthusiasm for learning the ins and outs of United Way have kept her going. On the podcast, Amy shares what it's like being a young leader of an organization, her advice for shaking off the dreaded imposter syndrome, and what she and her husband like to do in their free time. Here's our conversation. Amy Lindner, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to United Way. Oh, thank it's you. It's been about, about a month, right? Almost. 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 Um, so what have you been filling your time with uh, so far this month? I am in learning mode. I was, of course, I had worked with United Way. I previously ran a United Way partner agency. My husband and I have been long-term donors. I had been in our campaign cabinet. And so, you know, I knew about United Way, but to be here and meeting all the amazing people who work here, starting to meet our amazing donors in town, it's just been an awesome whirlwind of a month. And I know there's lots of months of learning ahead of me, but so far, so good. Man, I just love being here. Fantastic. So you mentioned your husband. Yes. I'd love to get to know you a little bit personally. Yeah. Uh, again, you and I are kind of sitting down for our first ever time talking just, just together. So just tell me about yourself. What, what do you want me and, and listeners to know? Yeah, well, on the personal side, um, I'm married to Jason Kleist. He's a packaging engineer at GE Healthcare. Yay, GE. Um, my parents, Sam and Anita, still live in Waukesha in the house that I lived in when um, I graduated from Waukesha West. Uh, I have two brothers. They're twins, Mike and Carl. I love them both equally, except, you know, Carl gets a tiny bonus because he's dad to Dylan, who is my one and only nephew on my side. Dylan is just like, oh my God, I'm so in love with this kid. He's six. Um, He is a nonstop ball of energy and fun. He's been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. And so that's been a big learning journey for my family. Um, We just love this kid and love spending time with him. And I can't go spend time with him unless I have tennis shoes because that kid is going to have me running um, (laughs) from the second I get there. doesn't matter how cold it is. He wants to be outside. He's just a ton of fun to be with. As for Jason and I, we... I have recently started thinking about adding a new dog to our family after we lost our beloved guy last year. So you'll know if we hit a new dog because I will be a nonstop picture-sharing machine. (laughs) It'll be ridiculous, but it'll be fun. In addition to thinking about and talking about and looking at pictures of dogs, um, Jason and I, we love to travel. We like having friends over for dinner. We're dorks. We do crossword puzzles and audiobooks, and I knit. He does not knit, but uh, <laughs> I knit. Just a nice mix of going out and doing stuff, but also just loving some downtime, too. Yeah. And how did you and Jason meet? We met online. Which, did you? you know, is like I love it. When we met 11 years ago, it was sort of like, oh, God, we met online. Should I tell <laughs> people? But now it's like, we met online. We're busy people. It, it's something that worked really well. No, he was totally charming. He had this, like, super clever profile and a great picture, of course. He's very handsome. Uh, and um, when I, we started emailing back and forth, what really won me over is he would craft these gorgeous emails with, you know, good grammar and jokes and fun. And um, not all men were at that same level at that time. So uh, he really, uh, really won me over with the written word, which was a fun way to meet. 
I love it. I love it, and I can definitely uh, empathize with <laughs> a man who writes well. <laughs> um, what about your career? Tell us about your career journey. Where to start? So I, you know, went to Waukesha schools and went to college and went to law school and was really set on coming back to Milwaukee. This is where my family is. This is where I grew up. And so was really just thrilled to be hired at Reinhard Berner, an awesome law firm here in town, where I worked for almost 10 years. And, and truly, there was a time where I thought that would be my entire career. And I would have loved that. I loved the intellectual rigor. I loved my colleagues. I'm not going to lie. I loved indoor parking. I thought that was an awesome perk of being in that job. Um, but eventually, I started sort of thinking about the fact that what I mostly did as a lawyer is help successful people and successful businesses be even more successful. And I loved that. But when I started getting involved, first at Made a House and then started learning about more organizations in town, what I realized is there were people who really did need just a little bit of help somewhere. And those people didn't always have a lot of folks lining up to advocate for them. And so it was this realization that, you know, took a minute, but I got there that, if I could do my best work in this sector, in this field, that what I really would be doing is helping people transform their lives. And as soon as that idea clicked for me, then it became, okay, what needs to change in my professional life? What needs to change in my personal life to allow me to work at what feels like my highest and best use? So what brought you to Made a House? You mentioned that that was kind of your first foray into nonprofit, into volunteering. Is that is that right? It is. I mean, I had done little volunteer projects and I had written little checks, but it was the first place I got what I would call like all in involved. And I started as a donor. So I had been asked to go to an event by somebody I really admired. And so I went and that event I know now really ended up starting this journey for me because we were at a fundraiser where there were hundreds of people in the audience and a woman who had received services from Made a House was at the front of the room sharing with hundreds of strangers things about her childhood that she had experienced that nobody would want to experience that. If you had experienced it, nobody would want to tell other people that you had experienced these things, or most of us wouldn't be brave enough to do that. And so, and then she went on to tell us about this beautiful help she'd gotten at Made a House and how it had really transformed her life. And today, or at least at that time, she was working at a company in town. We would all know their name, and she was involved in her church, and she was giving back um, to her community and raising great kids. So I was already planning to write a check for sure. Uh, but what she did next is invite on to her stage her daughter, who had been the first baby born at Made a House when Made a House started admitting pregnant women. Wow. And then told all of us her daughter had learned she'd gotten a scholarship to go to college in the fall. And oh. I was <laughs> so moved by the fact standing in front of my face, which was these two lives would not have been possible in the same way if that mom hadn't been able to get help at a time in her life when she really needed it. And so I wrote a bigger check than I meant to write. And then, but I also said, what else can I do? How else can I get more involved? And I started fundraising for Made a House as a volunteer and eventually joined their board of directors. And then eventually was asked to apply for uh, the president and CEO position. So it was this trajectory that took a lot of years, but I know it started at that breakfast and it started with a woman being willing to be vulnerable enough to tell a bunch of strangers um, what she had experienced and how transformative that little bit of help had been at that time. And so, man, it, it all started there for me. And so, you know, then I was at Made a House. There, I, when this job became available, 
here at United Way, there was this moment of it felt like an impossible decision about whether to apply, and it also felt like a no-brainer. Like it was, it was both at exactly the same time. And, and I say impossible because I loved every single day I worked at Meta House, and there, there was a part of me that couldn't imagine leaving. The work was just so fulfilling, and the team is so wonderful. I say no-brainer because if you're someone who cares about impact the way that I care about impact, there is nowhere better in our community to be than at United Way. That when you think about the hardest problems our community has to solve, the most important problems our community has to solve, United Way is the organization that is driving the biggest change. And these amazing donors we have, these amazing volunteers we have, are the people who are really putting in the work to solve these problems. And so that was so compelling to me. And then I realized the real tipping point for me was that I realized somebody young, somebody my age, might apply for this job and get it, and I might never have a chance to apply for this job. And I thought, oh, I'll just kick myself if I don't at least try. And so that was the tipping point on the application. And then there's definitely a journey. The search committee was a really robust process. There were so many great people who applied for this job, and I just, it's hard to express how thrilled I am to be here. How did you find out you got the job? How did I find out? Where were you? It's like the Oscar nomination. Oh, (laughs) I had had so many meetings. There were a lot of interviews. There were a lot of meetings. And so I was asked to go to the Marcus Corporation to meet with Greg Marcus and Mary Lou Young. And it was this, like, fingers crossed this is going to be an offer meeting. But, like I said, I'd had a lot of meetings. So I was trying not to say, like, I know I'm going to get an offer today. So to sit um, in Greg Marcus's office, you know, with his great view, of course, and, and hear the words, we'd like to offer you the job, was a very, very cool moment in my life. I want to go back just a little bit to your work at Meta House. What was, what was your day-to-day? Did you interact with clients Yeah, I didn't do direct service for clients. I did not work a lot, um, or really at all, with our individual clients. I was literally unqualified. I mean, the people who are at Meta House are at Meta House because they need professional counseling, because they need professional help with trauma, with addiction, with really big issues in their life. And my legal background did nothing to help me um, help those clients. So, you know, the business of running Meta House was really my business. The fundraising, um, the HR, the culture, sort of all the important things to make sure we had the right people in the right seats to be able to do great work for the clients who needed us. But that doesn't mean that I didn't love seeing our clients and hearing about their successes. So I worked in our outpatient building at Meta House, and I'm really glad I worked in that building because I love all of the clients who came through those doors, but the outpatient clients don't sleep at property Meta House owns. They sleep somewhere in the community. And every single morning, they are faced with the choice of coming to Meta House, or as they should in that point of their um, recovery, or to do literally anything else. And I promise you, almost anything else would be easier and would be more fun than coming to treatment. But every day, I saw the women who made the choice to get up, to get on a bus or two buses, to get their kids on one bus, and then to then get themselves there or to ask for a ride from a dad or a sister or somebody, and to come to treatment. And to come to treatment not because we could promise them this amazing outcome, although Meta House has wonderful outcomes, but because what we could promise them is a chance, a chance to rebuild their own life, a chance to be the kind of mom they wanted to be, a chance to 
be the kind of contributing citizen every single one of those women wanted to be. And so um, whatever else, whatever challenge you think you dealt with that morning, and, you know, for employees of Made House, real-life challenges do happen, to get to work and to see those women who are working so hard was just endlessly inspiring. And so I really love that I got to be even a tiny portion of the lives of those women. I love that. So Amy, and I did ask her if I could say this on the podcast beforehand, <laughs> you are 40, 40 I years am. old. Yes. And you've actually been, you've been in a, you know, very high up leadership position for a number of years in your work at Meta House. And now you're moving into for 2018, the role of president at United Way and then 2019 and beyond president and CEO. But you're relatively young. How does that feel? Did you ha- all right, I have a couple of questions about this. <laughs> Being a young professional myself, one is: Have you ever had to reckon with or deal with the imposter syndrome? The mm. maybe am I too young to do this, or either coming from inside yourself or from outside? Um, you know, everybody has those questions pop into their head. But I've had so much good mentoring, both from people I've met and from learning from people who write and speak on these issues that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I try not to spend too much of my headspace in this. Can I do this? Am I good enough? Am I ready? Because, um, well, lots of becauses. But one of the becauses is this concept that sort of the world deserves your talents. And I know that sounds like terribly grandiose, and I don't mean to believe like I like any sort of savior complex. But whatever it is that you have to give, and whatever your title is, whatever, um, wherever it is you're working right now or not working right now, um, that the world only gets better if people are willing to sort of step up and do the work. And so what I've tried to do is a person, I know I have talents, just like everybody has talents, to say, if I let my own fear of failure, let my own fear of whatever get in the way of me being able to show up and do my best work, who am I helping? Like, what chance do I have to really help other people if I'm not going to be brave enough to at least step up and say, this is something I would like to do? And then when brilliant people like people who sit on the board of directors um, here at United Way give you that vote of confidence by selecting you for a job, that helps you too. That helps you be like, okay, well, these really smart people love this organization and they wouldn't have made this hire if they didn't think I could come in and do a great job here. So if I have a millisecond where I think, oh no, am I up for this? I remind myself, these people who I like and admire and trust um, thought I could do this and I'm going to go ahead and this millisecond sort of build on that belief and, and know that I can do this. I remember my boss, Brian McCaig, told me, if you're at the table, you're supposed to be at the table. If you're in the meeting, you're supposed to be there, so participate. (laughs) I think that's exactly right. And I know, you know, people of all genders can struggle with imposter syndrome, but I I do think women, especially young women, can be a little more susceptible to it. And so for any woman who needs the encouragement, let me encourage you, just because... um, we need you. We need your talent. We need your viewpoint. We need your time. We need your efforts. And so you've got to be willing to pull the chair up to the table. I think being at the table is a nice metaphor because sometimes I'm at meetings where there's lots of people sitting around the edge of a room um, when there's still seats available at the table. And I'd, I'd encourage you to get to the table if you can. I love that. So when it was announced that you were going to be our new president, we had a kind of an internal meeting, and then it was announced out to the community. One of the reasons that they mentioned was that you could help us build our support of young people, and you just have a great 
you know, base of support and a great network among the young professionals in Milwaukee. What do you think that building our young professional kind of donor base, volunteer base can do for United Way's future? I, I don't know how to help us succeed for the long term if we can't bring along the people who are the people we call sort of emerging leaders or young leaders today, and then the folks behind them too. We have had this beautiful culture in Milwaukee of philanthropy from some amazing folks, who, um, sort of some families in town who just generational giving in multi multi generations in huge enormously generous um, levels. And, and I know everybody at United Way and everybody at various nonprofits in Milwaukee is so deeply grateful to those families. The problems we have left to solve in this community, the problems we have left to solve in this nation are the biggest, toughest problems that have been with us sometimes for generations. And gosh, we've got to solve this stuff, and it's going to take sort of all hands on deck for us to get there. These, When I think about like what's cool about being a young leader here at United Way and what I hope is going to be the next couple decades of my career is the length of the runway, I guess, is sort of how people um, describe it, because we all wish there was one magic bullet sort of solution for these big problems. But if that were the case, we would have solved them already. We've been working at it. We're smart. Uh, you know, we as a nation are smart and inventive. Th- these are problems that aren't going to be solved by that one magic bullet. These are problems that are going to be solved by grit, by being willing to try stuff that isn't going to work, by coming back to the table and adjusting that previous strategy and to just keep chipping away. And we are making progress. We we can make more progress. It's just going to take us a minute. And so what I love about sort of looking ahead to my potential career here for the long haul at United Way, I say potential, I guess, just to be superstitious, but what I hope is my long career is – thinking about how much progress we can get accomplished at that time through the amazing staff here at United Way in partnership with this enormously talented board and then linking arms with this enormously generous community. And that's going to be people who are already giving of their time and dollars at really high levels and you know my peers and the folks younger to me who I hope are going to continue to get more engaged, more involved um, over the course of their own lives and careers. And as an organization, how do we do that? How do we engage those younger emerging leaders? There's lots of ways, but I think the key is to engage people the way they want to be engaged. I think a lot of um, not-for-profit organizations would love to say, here is this way that you engage with us. And there are going to be some people who are drawn into that, and and thank you to those people. But United Way Worldwide and some other, and, and United Way Greater Milwaukee, Waukesha County, and other organizations are getting better at realizing we've got to meet the needs of our customers, who are the people who write us checks and volunteer their time with us to help us work on these problems. And so there's some digital and other solutions coming down the pipeline that I think are going to be really exciting for this community that we'll maybe talk on a future podcast. Um, But I think the driving point is people care about lots of issues, and we want to help um, everybody feel like there's a place for them to get engaged, to get involved. When people can see the effect they are having through their involvement, both financial and volunteer, people feel really great about that. I don't think that's a generational thing. Everybody loves feeling like they're making an impact. And so we need to continue to get better at helping everybody see the difference they're making. That was Amy Lindner, president of United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County.
To learn more about Amy and the other members of our leadership team, visit unitedwaygmwc.org leadership. Hear from Amy and other United Way leaders on the impact your gift made in 2017 at our annual meeting, February 28th at U.S. Bank Downtown Kitchen. RSVP at unitedwaygmwc.org events. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McKay for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction.